Blog Talk Radio. To the people who thought I was gonna stop Y'all a part of the reason I ain't gonna stop Against the odds I went hard until I popped Came from the bottom and now I'm standing on top I had dreams and now they all coming true But the team and them things we gotta see Make a scene whenever I be coming through If you hate it, just know I'm sitting on you do 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 you a hater, just know I'm sitting on you. Do 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 You a hater, just know I'm sitting on you. In the era where people front like who they not, I was fine with being me and moving plots. Started rapping about things. What's going on, everybody? That was weird. Uh, welcome to another episode of Punch to the Face Radio. I am your host, Brandon Stubbs. As always, you can be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. And as always, I do appreciate that. Uh, tonight's show, I'm going to be recapping here last weekend's fights. I don't know they sucked. Let's just keep it real. Um, you know, what does Mirko Krokop do from here after his win? Should we take that win too seriously? Um and as well, um, Phil Davis signing with Bellator. We'll talk about here at the top of the show. We got a Bellator's fight card last week with uh, Will Brooks uh, defending his championship. Um, World Series of Fighting, bless their hearts. Uh, they had this fight card last week as well on Friday at the exact same time as Bellator. So we'll talk about that and uh, also preview this weekend's UFC on Fox Heart from Newark, New Jersey. But in the meantime, feel free to call into the show at area code 718-508-9852. Tweet me at punch underscore the number to the face. And feel free to email me at brandon at punch to the face dot com. So there, there, there's that. Um, let's start off here with the, the Phil Davis news. And the Phil Davis thing, I actually called this maybe about a month and a half ago, if not longer ago. Phil Davis inked a multi-fight deal today with Bellator, and I told everyone that this was going to happen. The reason why I knew this was going to happen was, you know, when he did immediately sign with UFC, when he did not do any sort of contract extension with the UFC, it was all but it was all but telling that that was the route he was going to go. He was actually going to go sign with Bellator. And sure enough, uh, he ended up making that happening today. He ended up going, um, going with uh, Bellator signing a multi-fight deal. Now, the deal, it now makes him a, uh, you know, a, a bigger fish in a smaller pond, per se, because, let's face it, Bellator does not have a real deep roster in regards to the uh, light heavyweight division. They don't. And, I mean, that's not to down them. That's just to be 100% truthful. There isn't that big of a, a talent pool there. There really isn't also that high of a level of talent pool, pool there as well. So he has a better chance of doing bigger things and become a champion there compared to the UFC. So I get it. I understand why he would go that route and actually, you know, go sign with Bellator. I get it. It, it makes a lot more sense to go that route than to stay with the UFC and kind of piddle along in the back half of the top five in the UFC's light heavyweight division because he's not, you know, he he's probably not going to fight and beat, um, you know, we already saw him against Anthony, Ramble, uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson. Uh, we don't think he can probably beat John Jones. Granted, he did beat Alexander Gustafson, but Gustafson seems like to be a different fighter now. So, you know, you, you kind of wonder, you know, what, what would happen with him? What would be next for him there within the UFC? And, you know, we got our answer. He's going to go over to uh, Bellator and fight there. Now, as far as when his debut will be with Bellator, that is still up in the air. Um, so I, I would assume him inking the deal here in April, I'd say we'd probably see him on their July card. Uh, with him already kind of stacking things up for the June card, I'd say July would be the next time we see him in a in, um, in Bellator is when he would actually sign up and, and fight there. So I would see that happening then. So, you know, there's that. 
Um, you know, as far as who they match him up against, that's a really good question because I don't know. Um, you know, do you go ahead and put him in there with Tito Ortiz and just finally have Tito Ortiz get outed and, you know, Tito lose and then hopefully he sell off in the sunset? Yeah, that can make sense. And it also could be a big uh, drawing event as far as him rating from a ratings aspect. I could see that fight happening. Uh, do you give him Emmanuel Newton, and, ha- and if he beats Emmanuel Newton, he gets a title shot against Liam McGeary? I could see that. I don't see him automatically getting a shot at Liam McGeary. That I don't see Bellator doing. I, I think that would do them more harm than good if they end up going that route. So uh, I would assume the two fights that I see making the most sense would be Tito or Emmanuel Newton next, and that way they're actually lining him up uh, for a a title fight here later uh, later in the year. But that that's just what makes the most sense right now to me. This is what I think. But uh, what do you think? You know, feel free to give a call to the show at area code 718-508-9852 or tweet me at punch underscore the number to the face and let me know who you think um, Phil Davis should be fighting in his Bellator debut. There's also uh, Ted DeBlast. There's also King Mo Wall. The King Mo, when I see, kind of being a little bit far-fetched. I don't think it'll be a really aesthetically pleasing fight to watch. Um, I don't think it, you know, it'll be a lot of wrestling, a lot of grappling, and I don't think they want to see too much of that. I think we want to see more, we're standing up and banging more entertainment. I think that's what Bellator is what aim for there. So I doubt we would get that being the first fight for him, but the stranger things have happened for the Blast. The Blast isn't that big of a name, so the risk reward there wouldn't be, make that much sense. That's why the Emmanuel Newton fight or the, the Teal fight would make more sense at this juncture. But, hey, we shall see. We shall see. So uh, that's the news there. Other news in MMA is a cage, <clears throat> excuse me, cage Fury Fighting Championship has actually inked a deal with CBS Sports Network. Now, this is now the uh, third promotion that's now inked the deal and will be working and airing on CBS Sports Network. Uh, CBS Sports Network already has a deal with Titan FC, which they just aired their last program uh, here uh, in March. They also already have a deal uh, with uh, Fight Time, another promotion out of Florida. Uh, if you're not fury, uh, familiar with Cage Fury Fighting Championship, they're located up in the up northeast. They do a lot of fights up in Jersey and, and Connecticut and a lot of the uh, Indian casinos up there uh, is where they mainly have cards. Uh, right now their big signee is Landon Good. Um, I know he'll be fighting soon, so they're going to actually make their debut on uh, CBS Sports Network here on May 14th. Uh, so they are now uh, getting, you know, getting some shine, getting a, a large, larger stage to be a part of. So you can quickly see CBS Sports Network is actually making a play to be somewhat of a player uh, in the MMA game. You know, they're doing uh, some of the, the smaller organizations that are, that have, you know, veteran talent who have fought in other organizations with some of the newer guys who are trying to get on uh, to a larger stage. So they're kind of taking a, a page out of the book of, uh, you know, HDNet fights, a.k.a. Access TV, on how they do with, you know, with uh, Legacy, uh, with RFA, you know, and how they've done in the past with some of the smaller organizations uh, they've showcased. But they've got, you know, CBS Sports Network right now has three uh, legitimate organizations that'll be doing cards there on their network. Uh, so interesting to see who gets, how they actually work that out and who gets placed where and when uh, for those. Uh, we do know that uh, Titan FC will have another card sometime this summer. It's going to be in Montreal. Uh, no exact venue or hard date. The date I've heard can actually change a little bit for that. So I am hearing there's going to be June or July for a card up in Montreal, which is very interesting. But when I talk to um, Jeff Harrison here uh, several times last uh, this year and I think the last year he said one of his goals was, was for Titan FC in 2015 uh, to do some international shows. So sure enough, that is the word uh, that Titan FC will be up in Canada. And speaking of Titan FC, they've actually inked uh, two fighters here today uh, that they've released the information on. They've assigned here uh, Phil Hawes, who's a uh, kind of a, 
a notable prospect, uh, you know, in the middleweight division. A lot of people got their eyes on him, want to see him step up in competition. He's a fight deal uh, here with Titan FC, and as well as Jay-Z Calvacante. Uh, he is also in the deal here with Titan FC. Last time we seen Jay-Z, uh, he was fighting for the World Series of Fighting, kind of had been on the sidelines. You know, it was word towards the end of last year that he had actually signed uh, with Titan FC. Uh, things didn't completely get worked out in time, and there were still some, some issues with the contract. But nevertheless, uh, he is now officially a part of Titan FC, and he will be fighting for them as well. No word on his debut, but I'm assuming um, really would make the most sense for both of those gentlemen to be a part of that next part they're going to have uh, here over the summer, especially with them having no fights here at all uh, this month, May. So it's going to make the most sense for those guys to fight there. Not to mention they're both out of the same camp uh, training with the Black Zillions down in Florida. So I definitely see those gentlemen uh, being a part of that car. And something else I was going to touch on uh, that I got a tweet on, last week it was reported during the show that Matt Brown versus Nate Diaz was a done deal. It was going to be a fight at UFC 189. Well, not so much. Uh Nate had never really agreed to the fight, from what I understood. And I did see the bad agreement that uh, Matt Brown had got. Matt Brown has tweeted out photos of it, uh, to, you know, what have you, and, you know, said he's not the deal, fight's done. Not so fast. Uh, Nate Diaz is actually going to be fighting a lightweight against Anthony Pettis. Now, I'm not exactly sure what card that is on, that's going to be on, if that's 100% official. But it's going to be Nate Diaz versus uh, Anthony Pettis, at least what Nate Diaz is saying. So, that fight has been scrapped for UFC 189. They are, I don't really understand the, the reasoning, the 100% reasoning of why they're loading so much up on UFC 189. I, unless it's something I don't know, um, they're really trying to stack that card unnecessarily deep uh, for July. I know that's going to be International Fight Week. I know it's a big deal uh, for the UFC in that regards, but it, it's a little bit it's kind of a little bit unnecessary right now because you already got two championship fights in Jose Otto versus Conor McGregor as your main event, Robbie Lawler versus Roy McDonald in the co-main event. Uh, you know, you're, you're trying to add on Matt, Matt Brown versus Nate Diaz. Uh, you already got a Dennis Bermudez versus Jeremy Stevens, Gunnar Nelson, John Hathaway, uh, Brandon Thatch versus John Howard, Mike Swick will make his return. Uh, there's also been some other fights that have been rumored to uh, be around and fluctuate and be a part of that card, but they're really trying to, to stack that one up. Um, they've already done so with the UFC 187 uh, here in May uh, with the two championship fights there. I, I really wish they would spread these championship fights out a little bit more, make these uh, pay-per-views a little bit more viable. Um, case in point here with this one that's coming up next week, and I have a quote from Demetrius Johnson there, which I thought was quite funny, you know, who it's coming from and, and what he's saying. And I understand his point, but, uh, yeah, not so much, bro, not so much. Um, uh, as well as, let's see, what else we got here. So that's going on there. Um, no other real news here in the, in the world of mixed martial arts, this week, thank God. Um, one thing that is a bit interesting that I don't know 100% get, and quite honestly, I think it's a joke all the way around. So I guess Phil Baroni, um, you know, everyone should be familiar with Phil Baroni, MMA veteran. Uh, had said something slick on uh, Twitter in regards to Joe Schilling and Joe Schilling losing here this past Friday at Bellator 136. And subsequently, you know, Joe Schilling called him out. Um, I guess some exchange were done here and there. From what I'm understanding, Glory had actually offered uh, Baroni a fight against Joe Schilling there in Glory uh, kickboxing, and Baroni turned it down. Obviously, Baroni's not going to get signed uh, anytime soon with Bellator to fight for him because, quite honestly, Phil Baroni is washed. Let's just call it what it is. Phil Baroni is a washed fighter. Um, but, you know, it, it took a lot of gall for him uh, to to talk smack and talk bad about somebody and Joe Schilling when, quite honestly, Phil Baroni hasn't been really relevant in MMA in probably 10 years. So I, I thought that was kind of kind of strange. Uh, for Phil Baroni to go at Joe Schilling like that or to critique his fighting or critique what he was doing uh, there in the cage when, you know, what has Phil Baroni done lately to where 
he can really, you know, call out anyone or talk smack about anyone in a cage. Um, last time I checked, Phil Baroni barely has a winning record in MMA. Um, he's a loser of three straight fights. Um, actually, he doesn't have a winning record. He is 15 and 18 throughout his career. A loser of three straight fights. Um, he's been stopped in two of those uh, fights as well. So I, I don't really get where he can think he's on a high horse and talk bad about anyone for having a bad showing. Now, Joe Schilling didn't look the greatest in the world here on Friday night, and I'll get into a little bit of get into that here a little bit later. But Phil Baroni's the last one to ever throw shots at anyone, uh, given the fact that, you know, he seems like he's somewhat of a juice head and just not that good of a fighter anymore. Like I said, the, the man hasn't been relevant in MMA in probably 10 years. So there's that. I, I said my piece. Feel free to pass it on to Phil Baroni. No, Phil Baroni is not relevant in MMA. There. So there's that. Um, other news, and, and I'm kind of hearing rumbling about is, I don't know how 100% this is either, but a former um, talent coordinator for the UFC, Burt Watson, uh, who recently left, fired, however you want to say, uh, parted ways with the UFC here in the recent weeks, uh, maybe actually heading over to Bellator to do the same job, uh, helping them be their talent coordinator and helping them with backstage uh, dealing with the fighters. If that is true, that is a big coup uh, for Bellator, because right now Bellator is right, they, they're kind of having UFC a lot of small L's here and there. Uh, you have the Rampage name, the other parts where Rampage is fighting on the pay-per-view next week. Uh, you have them now taking, you know, signing Phil Davis away, which gives them a little bit of star notoriety and, and gives, you know, one less uh, light heavyweight. And, you know, Phil was ranked number six there for uh, Bellator prior to him getting, um, you know, for, prior to him leaving. So, you know, there's that. And now, you know, they're going to sign Burt Watson away, who's a, uh, a fighter favorite. Fighters just loved him, loved the way they were treated by him and, and what he did and helped them out uh, preparing there for their fights. They're doing fight weekend, so I don't know, man. That's that's they just keep on doing small things here and there to kind of build the company up and really respect what what Bellator's doing in a quiet fashion. So you know, there's that. And speaking of which, we might as well just transition into uh, last weekend's UFC, uh, last weekend's Bellator 136. Um, I'll just start from the top. I, I really thought that Will Brooks's win at Bellator last weekend was rather lackluster. Um, I'm not sold on him legitimately being a legit top lightweight in the world. Uh, he's probably he's the best that you know Bellator has to offer right now. And I mean, there's that. <laughs> really much to say, but you know he he won a rather lackluster unanimous decision over Dave Jensen. Um, you know, wasn't much to talk about. Quite honestly, I fell asleep during the fight. So I mean, take take that for what it's worth. It just wasn't. It just it didn't have the 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 luster it should have to it, which makes me wonder, you know, how good is Will Brooks and how good is that lightweight division? Because um, we've seen now Eddie Alvarez kind of get roasted by Donald Cowboy Sloney. Uh, if he gets roasted here by uh, Gilmer Melendez here in the uh, coming months, it's going to really make me think that lightweight division there that they had at Bellator is garbage. Um, he really did not look good at all, Will Brooks, uh, in that fight. You know, credit to Dave Jensen, who, who made things somewhat uncomfortable, but it was just not a fun fight to watch. Um, nothing was exciting about it. Nothing grabbed my attention. Like I said, the fight physically put me to sleep uh, as I was watching it. Um, so, I mean, it, it was kind of just that's how the night really went for uh, Bellator 136. You know, they hyped up Joe Sh- uh, Schnelling, uh, Schilling, excuse me, Joe Schilling so much. Uh, is just being this incredible striker and and what have you. We got to also keep some things real and put some things in perspective. Joe Schilling has you know only had a handful of MMA uh, bouts. Let's let's just keep that real. Uh, he's only had a handful of mixed martial arts fights. Um, he's actually only won uh, two of those fights. He's lost four of his other fights. Now he's really only been active here in MMA. The last year prior to that, it was back in 2008 when he had all of his other fights. So you can't say you can't take him 100% real um, as a MMA fighter quite yet because again he's got less than 10 fights. Uh, he's got less than 10 fights in MMA. He just had his sixth fight here last weekend, and he's starting to have a split decision loss against 
of Rafael Corrello. And we thought it was going to be, a, you know, these two standing up and throwing shots. And there were some shots thrown here and there, but it wasn't uh, wasn't the all-out scrap and the all-out war that we thought it could or would turn into. Never turned into that. Uh, never turned into that stand-up-and-bang war um, out in there in the cage at all. So I really wasn't 100% surprised by that. I, you know, the second they continued to hype him up and push him out there, I knew that this would eventually happen that bubble would bust, uh, and unfortunately, it, it did here on Friday night. So it'll be interesting to see how Bellator actually works him next, how they go about doing that. You know, do they does he have a fight uh, with Bellator before he has another one with Goyne MMA? He is coming off of a win there, at least. You know, um, is he burning, you know, both candles a little bit, you know, too hard doing both MMA and kickboxing? He's also saying he wants to have a boxing match before his uh, 2015 is out with, you know, the uh, PBC uh, premier uh, boxing champions being on uh, Spike TV, he may be able to get an undercard fight there. But you see, when you're starting to spread yourself too thin and, you, and you're not focused on just one hustle and one one craft, it, it will start to show. You, you won't be good at anything. You'll be okay at, at, at all. And right now he's looking to be okay at all. Yeah, he can strike, but it's also things he can't do on the ground in MMA that he's going to be lacklustering in. And, while he's working on his groundwork and in May, his striking may fizzle a little bit in kickboxing. You know, kickboxing striking is far different from boxing striking. So when he's wanting all these different things on his plate, I don't think that's a good thing. You know, focus on one, become good at one, then take uh, your the next step and do something else. You know, conquer one before you start tackling something else. And I think that's something that Joe Schilling is, needs to kind of maybe relook at, refocus, because he's doing far too much right now that he should be doing. Focus on either MMA or kickboxing and leave it at that. Don't try to do both. Don't even have boxing on your landscape right now until you can get a couple of victories in a row in MMA or a kickboxing before you uh, go down that road. Otherwise, on the card, there at Bellator 136, it wasn't, wasn't much anything else that was really of note per se, that was there on the card. Um, Marcin held in the beginning a knee bar submission in the third round. Um, and pretty, I mean, that fight was okay. Uh, Joey Beltran making his middleweight debut against Brian Rogers. He won a uh, decision, a majority decision, and a one-point fight uh, that was there on the uh, undercard. Um, but really, that's it. So, I mean, uh, we'll see Bellator back uh, here um Let's see, they won't be back until, uh, wow, that's actually a while before they, uh, May 15th is when they're actually back. And that'll be actually headlined by uh, Brandon Halsey and Kendall Grove, who has zero business fighting for a middleweight championship. So trust me, closer to that time, I will completely take a shit on Kendall Grove uh, for that. I, I don't get why he's even fighting for a championship, but that just shows their lack of depth uh, in Bellator right now. And, and speaking of which, another thing that Bellator announced, they sent a press email in regards to uh, a highly anticipated rematch between Bobby Lashley and, and, and James the Colossal Thompson. I don't know who told him it was highly anticipated, but I bet fight will be a part of um, Bellator in June. So look forward to that or, or not. Um, <laughs> when, they tweeted, when they sent that email out to us and talk about the highly anticipated rematch, it took all of me not to die laughing, as I was sitting reading that in, in my office. It, it's yeah, um, that fight was actually went down in a super fight league over in uh, India, uh, and back in 2012, Thompson and winning a, a major a, a unanimous decision over Bobby Lashley. That's actually the last time Bobby Lashley lost back in 2012. So he's riding right now a five fight five fight win streak uh, since that loss uh, to Thompson. Uh, in Thompson's case, he's coming off of right now three straight wins, uh, technically five straight wins, and he also has a no contest in between those. Um, one of those wins is including that Bobby Lashley win. But uh, something about that that I'm going to point out now: how far has how far has Michael Chandler fallen? Michael Chandler right now looks to be the fourth billing on that card. Now keep in mind he was just fighting for a championship last year. You know, the card is going to be headlined in June by Kimbo versus Ken Shamrock. Then they're also going to have a championship fight against uh, Pitbull Ferrari versus 
uh, Georgie uh, Kakarani, Kakahani, I always mispronounce Georgie's name. So that's that's your co-feature, your co-main. You then have a special attraction of James Thompson versus Bobby Lashley, then Michael Chandler versus Derek Campos. Yeah, you've really fallen off if you're Michael Chandler, if you're fourth billing to those gentlemen I just named. Nothing, you know, really nothing against Pitbull and Georgie. That That's a hell of a fight and uh, should be an excellent fight and a great co-main event. But, you know, Michael Chandler, your fourth billing to Bobby Lashley and James Thompson, Kimbo Slice, and Ken Shamrock. This is your life right now. That shit has to suck. Um, let's just keep it real. That is not a good look for Michael Chandler to be fourth billing there on that card. Now, things can change between now and June, but definitely not a good look at all for him. Uh, speaking of things not being good looks, man, let me talk about World Series of Fighting 20. World, you know, the people of their World Series of Fighting have the have to have the worst luck there is in the world. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we had World Series of Fighting 19. Um, it was supposed to be headlined by uh, Matt Hamill versus Tiago Silva. Tiago Silva making his return uh, to MMA um, after his legal issues and he cut from the UFC and all this other mess. So, you know, he was, he was being a part of, you know, he was supposed to be a part of the card. You know, in that case, then when, with that card, you had a uh, Hamill who got sick the day of the fight that Saturday. Uh, he got sick after having issues with his weight cut. So the fight ended up getting changed. Uh, they ended up moving people all around on the card. Uh, Teddy Holder ended up taking his spot, ended up beating and knocking out Silva, and he ends up being in the light heavyweight championship finale. Well, last week, David Branch was supposed to fight, face Ronnie Marks. Ronnie Marks, he gets sick from cutting weight. So he can't make weight. Uh, and keep in mind, this is I, I said this last week. You know, Ronnie Marks should not, I mean, he keeps having weight issues. How in the world this keeps happening is beyond me. Um, it just It's really starting to get flat out sad. Uh, throughout his career, he's had nothing but weight-cutting issues. Uh, when he's fought at middleweight, um, now he's fighting light heavyweight and still having weight-cutting issues. It's bad. It's really bad, and it's extremely unprofessional. And really, people should stop doing business here with him at this rate. So Marks ends up getting taken off the car. Uh, you know, he ends up getting uh, sick due to dehydration. So he ends up getting replaced the day of the weigh-in. So Thursday, he ends up getting placed Thursday uh, by Jesse... Uh, Mc McAglet, Mc McEnglet, Aglot, or whatever it is, he was going to replace by him. Now Jesse was supposed to be on the um, preliminary card of the event, but he ends up getting bumped up. So second fight in a row, second time in three weeks, this ends up happening uh, for the World Series of Fighting. So you have that happen, um, and you know he's fighting David Branch, who's moving up to middleweight, and it's just. Just bad luck. You know, the last thing that you want again, you know, you have a name guy, Ronnie Marks, now can't fight. You had the same thing a couple of weeks ago um, with uh, Matt Hamill, who ended up getting sick the day of the fight. Just sad. Uh, you know, and, and Jesse uh, had really no 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 business being with David Branch. Now, granted, you know, Jesse is more of a natural, like, heavyweight. Branch was moving up, and as far as, you know, higher weights for foreign catch weights. Uh, but Branch really had zero issue with, with him end up getting a bunch of choke in the second round, getting to Mr. Wynn. So it'll now be later this summer, Teddy Holder versus David Branch uh, for the World Series of Fighting Light Heavyweight Championship. And who would have thought that that was going to be the, uh, the finale? That's probably definitely not what World Series of Fighting had planned, uh, definitely not what they um, – what they visioned when this first happened, when they first set up uh, this tournament and wanted to crown a light heavyweight championship champion for them. Um, one would think I thought Tyrone Spong would be in play with this, but Lord knows what Tyrone Spong is at after he had his accident breaking his leg while doing uh, kickboxing. So, you know, there's that. Just all the way messed up, all the way around for that. Um and, you know, and also the cards, you know, things didn't also pan out the way they wanted to uh, with Phoenix Jones, a.k.a. Ben Fedor. Now, I said on last week's show, and now I'm eating crow. Ain't that a beat? I said on last week's show I was highly impressed by by um, 
by Phoenix Jones, um, a.k.a. Ben Fedor, during the uh, the media call. The media call that he did, um, it was like Tuesday or Wednesday last week, uh, World Series of Fighting had with us media. Um, and he was on there very, very energetic, uh, very, you know, telling, you know, I'm going to go out and crush my opponent, I'm going to kill him, it's going to be bad. You know, all this talk. And he even asked his opponent, uh, Emmanuel Wallow, uh, what are you going to do, you know, once I beat you? You said I'm a gimmick. What are you going to do once I beat you? You know, how much, who's going to be the gimmick then? Well, subsequently for three rounds, he got taken down. It was, it was you know, not entertaining. Um, I don't want to say he looked like a fish out of water, but he kind of did. Uh, he just really didn't seem, he didn't seem like he should have been at this, you know, this kind of plateau, this type of fight yet. Um, he was, he, when he could get some separation, he could land a few shots, but it was the ground game. He kept on getting taken down and just, just couldn't do enough. Uh, you know, Wallow did a smart thing, was very patient, took his time, did a great job. I take nothing away from him. He neutralized and, and definitely uh, made sure he kept the upper hand. And, yeah, you know, there's the Phoenix Jones that, you know, World Series of Fighting had signed him in hopes of him being, you know, a, a breakout star that they can market and, you know, cross-promote. And he's got the gimmick of him being this, the uh, the superhero at night and, he just looked awful out there. So, I, I don't know. I don't know what they do with him from here. The fight was a catchweight fight at 176 pounds. I'm not sure if they're going to have him fighting at welterweight going forward. Um, how do you promote a guy? I mean, the, granted, he is just suffering his first loss of his career. So, I mean, it's not like it's just absolutely, you know, devastating, but the money that you're now paying him and he's now lost, and you brought in Emmanuel Wallow to be just an opponent against him, not good. Not good at all here for World Series of Fighting. Uh, one semi-bright slide for them, though, at least here on from Friday night's card, is Nick Newell was able to win the unanimous decision over Joe Condon. Uh, you know, he, he looked seemed to be in control of the whole fight, but, you know, it was nothing that was overly spectacular, nothing that I'm going to say, hey, he deserves a rematch against Justin Gaethje. I, I don't see that as being a, a conversation that will happen uh, anytime soon. So, you know, there's that. Um, just a, just overall, just again, not a no, not a real interesting card. Not, not something that really was able to keep my attention uh, for the time that it was on. I uh, was impressed though by David Branch picking up his win there. So, uh, World Series of Fighting 21 will happen here in a couple of weeks. Um, actually, not in a couple of weeks. It'll happen here on June 5th. Um, that's going to be headlined uh, by Lance Palmer versus uh, Chris Rodesky. That's another one. Like, where do they keep digging these people up from? Like, Chris Rodesky does not deserve a title shot. Um, uh, hopefully this is just, you know, Lance Palmer just biding time to just contract himself in the World Series of Fighting, and he can go over and fight for the UFC. Um, it's, that's just bad. It's a bad fight. Uh, and then it's, uh, you know, I the heavyweight championship out, and I can't even enunciate either one of these gentlemen's names. I'm not going to try. Uh, they'll go down, but that's going to be up there in Canada. So World Series of Fighting, there, there's that. There's what they have going on uh, for that here. So that's the next time we'll see them is in June. Now, they're supposed to be actually headlined and feature a fight between Yushin Okami and Ryan Ford, but then uh, Ryan Ford announced last week that he's hurt. So I don't know if they're going to even keep Yushin Okami on the card. At this rate, at this rate, so at least right now it doesn't look like nothing's been said about a replacement for him. So there is that. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break because my voice is starting to crack a little bit, uh, and we'll start talking in, uh, about uh, the UFC and, and what we thought about uh, Miracle Krokop's win here last weekend and what that does for him. And then uh, UFC Newark goes down Saturday night here on uh, Fox. So uh, we'll be back here in a few moments. More punch in the face radio. I promise you ain't never really freak out till you had a freak out and see each and every freak out on freak out to freak out. Let's be back. No credit, no credit.
about nothing that is girls on drugs if you haven't peeped that album make sure you go peep it it's the album about nothing uh i'm kind of inspired by jerry seinfeld i'm a big seinfeld fan so i love a wild album uh album about nothing make sure you check that on itunes something else i want you to go check out make sure you go support my family over at counter move now counter move this weekend had something special going on uh you can play counter move play for as little as 50 cents that is correct. You can play Counter Move UFC Newark for less than a dollar. Uh, so make sure you go to countermove.com, follow them on Twitter on uh, Counter Move, uh, and uh, get more information on that. Go play, you know, 50 cents. I mean, what can you get for – you can't get much of anything for 50 cents nowadays. But through Counter Move, you can actually go play 50 cents, boom, can win you a boatload of cash. So uh, make sure you check them out and what they're doing here for uh, UFC Newark here on Saturday. Speaking of UFC Newark, two of my last uh, previous guests, the last few weeks are going to be a part of that car. So shout out to, uh, um, oof, man, my throat. Voice is like so crackly right now. Uh, shout out to Ovid St. Peru, a.k.a. OSP. Shout out to Eddie Truck Gordon. Both of those gentlemen are going to be a part of that car. Uh, Truck Gordon will be on the UFC Fight Pass, uh, fight there early so make sure you check him out. Uh, OSP is on the preliminary card that's going to be on Fox, I guess. I guess it's not going to come on Fox Sports 1. Anymore with Fox Sports and the UFC, it's so finicky and tricky on what gets shown where. But make sure you go and you support both of those gentlemen and my uh, guests here the last two weeks. And if you haven't uh, heard their interviews, go check them out there on iTunes. Uh, just uh, search Back Culture Radio or Punch in the Face Radio, and it will pull up there. They're free to download. So, uh, UFC Newark goes down here on Saturday. Now, the card's headlined by Leona Machida versus Luke Rockhold. Uh, subsequently, what this is, is a it's a middleweight championship eliminating bout. I mean, they may not call it that, but, um, yeah, it is. It's, it's a title fight, elimination fight. Um, you know, right now, Machida, he's, he's still in the, he's right now on the cusp. Uh, he had the highly entertaining fight with Chris Weidman. Uh, he ended up losing unanimous decision, but he really showed there in that fifth round that he could go to war and still had a lot left in the tank. Uh, he destroyed C.B. Dalloway here in December. Um, you know, C.B. Dalloway was really hoping he could kind of roll, you know, roll and, and kind of turn the corner and become uh, amongst the elite at the middleweight division, and he got crushed, and it looked bad. So, uh, you know, when she was coming off of that win, for Luke Rockhold, you know, Rockhold's kind of a uh, – this is his time right now. This is – Luke Rockhold is either a – this is make or break for him. He's not going to get another opportunity to to kind of get, you know, this close to being in a title match. Like, this is a – you know, if he wants to be considered 
amongst the best in the middleweight division. This is a must-win fight. Make zero mistakes about it. He has to win this fight. Um, so, like I said, his time is now for that. And I think with him knowing that, I think he's going to go out and be aggressive, and I'm picking him to win. Uh, I really do think he's going to come out and be the the better of the two. I think it's going to be a highly entertaining fight. It's going to be probably one of those more slept-on fights that could be a fight-of-the-year candidate, um, or it could end lightning quick and lightning fast. You know, both these guys can strike. The thing is this. If it's going to be up to Rocco to be able to figure out and get the timing down to Machida. He can't rush in and be too reckless because if he does, we've seen what Machida can do. Machida can fold an opponent, uh, just ask for shot at it. So that's something he can do. Now, he can easily fold an opponent. So Rocco's got to be easy with that, but Rocco's also a, a very uh, good striker in his own right. So it's not like that he can't take a punch. It's not that like that he can't fight. Um, but he just has to be weary. If he's not too careful when he steps in there, uh, it, it could end ugly and it could end real quick for him. But, like I said, this is definitely a, a title elimination fight. Uh, the winner would really have the argument of getting the title shot after Vitor Belfort, uh, Chris Weidman happened, if it happens, and I'm still not convinced that it will. Uh, the winner of this fight here, Saturday, will really have the, the biggest... Uh, beef the biggest, you know, bone to pick in regards to them getting a title shot next. Um, so I, I do like Luke Rocco there, but I, I think it's going to be a hell of a fight, um, one that I think you should definitely tune into on Saturday. Um, and, again, UFC kind of had injuries and they kind of threw this car for a loop. Now, Yoel Romero was supposed to fight here against Jacare Sousa, uh, but Romero ended up getting hurt. He's getting yanked off, off, off the card uh, due to injury. So he's off the card. He's not going to be fighting. So it was, you know, a question of would anybody actually uh, replace Romero? He ended up actually tearing uh, a ligament in his knee and his meniscus as well. So, you know, it was kind of like, okay, well, I guess Chakra just get pushed back and we'll find another fight for him. Well, Chris Camozzi decided that he wanted to fight. Uh, he took the fight here on short notice, really pretty much, I don't know what, a week's notice roughly to fight uh, Jacare Souza. Now, this is going to be his uh, actually, going to be his first fight in the UFC since uh, last year. Well, he actually lost to Rafael Natal, but uh, since then he took uh, two fights outside of the organization, picked up two wins against relatively soft competition of people I've never heard of, um, and he wants to get back at it. The thing is this, Chris Camozzi has zero chance of winning this fight. I mean zero. Uh, I respect him wanting to take a fight short notice, um, but zero, zero chance. Uh, when he stepped up in competition, somebody tweeted me, zero? Yes, zero chance. <laughs> I'm going to make sure, yes. Um, the thing is this, when he steps up in competition, he lacks. Um, I mean, you look at his resume and who the guys he's lost against and who's actually beaten. This is a huge step up in competition for him again. Uh, now, he's faced uh, Jacare before, and he lost against him here in 2013. What makes you think this fight is going to be any different? Uh, this is going to be the exact same fight. It's just going to be in 2015. It's going to end badly for Chris Camozzi. I respect his heart. I respect him wanting to actually get out there and, and scrap and Wanted to take a fight short notice, but no, no, this, no, this is not going to end well. No, uh, this is going to end up being a submission loss for Chris Camozzi. Um I'll give him to maybe towards the end or maybe even the first half of the second round, but he's going to lose the fight. There's just no gray area about that. Now, I hope with him taking the fight on short notice, and him wanting to truly step up in, in higher competition, you know, Jacare Susan's amongst the top five um, middleweights there is in the world. I hope the UFC gives Chris Camozzi another chance for him at least wanting to um, step in and, and take a fight. Now, as far as Jacare goes, I this can be a dangerous fight for him. Because anytime you take an opponent on short notice, strange things can happen, especially if you've been training for weeks and months for someone else. Um, 
and Styles make fights. But with this based on what he's fought before, that's why I'm saying this. there's really zero chance. Now, if somebody's tweeting, yes, it would be unlikely, extremely unlikely, but I just don't see Chris Camozzi doing anything um, it, doing anything that would be able to change the way this bout is going to end up. It, it's going to end up being a, a short night for him one way or the other. And I just hope Chiraka Ray doesn't get cute and want to do striking and work on the strikes. So, you know, he, he feels that his hands have gotten better. They really have over the course of the uh, last few years, especially from his time from Strike Force to now him evolving here into the UFC. His hands have gotten a hell of a lot better. Uh, he even actually has, you know, a, um, a TKO win over Yushin Okami over the last few years, just letting his hands go. So we know he can strike. We know he's something that's capable he, he's capable of doing. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think he's just going to submit him here and, and make quick work. Um, somebody else. I will openly admit that I am not a big fan of either one of these ladies. I, I will openly say that. I have no problem with saying that. I'm not a fan of Felice Herring. I'm not really a fan. I'm not, well, not a fan of Paige Van either. Uh, but one thing I do, I, I, I will say is I really hope Felice Herring kills the hype train that is um, that is Paige Van Zandt. For someone who's only had one fight in the UFC, I think the amount of attention that she's got, getting is completely overblown. Um, I, I have yet to see her do anything in mixed martial arts that makes me say Paige Van Sant will be a champion one day. Um, when she's actually fought someone who is of higher competition, per se, uh, that was Tisha Torres in Victor FC4. who's actually in the building and watched that fight. Uh, yeah, no business in being in that fight. <laughs> Torres, for, for uh, three rounds, just pretty much had her way with her. Uh, one of unanimous decision with ease was not even remotely close to being uh, a competitive fight, I thought, uh, for me watching. I just thought it was complete, completely all Tisha Torres. Um, Paige Van is only really getting the exposure she's getting because of her looks. Uh, she is a very cute woman. Let's just keep it real. But as far as fighting goes, I'm not 100% sure that she is amongst the best uh, strawweights there is in the world. I'm not even remotely close to thinking she is. Um, and I really hope, uh, for Felice Herring's sake, that, you know, really what Paige Transan is doing now is what Felice Herring was doing years ago. Um, and, I mean, Felice may be a little bit more uh, forward about it. You know, she does, you know, do, does her photo shoots with her sponsors, and, you know, she dresses sexy and, and what have you. I get that. And she, it's a part of her angle to help her promote herself and help her sell and, sell stuff and, and, and get sponsors and get that sponsorship dollars. No, I can't knock her because she's upfront about what she's doing. But, you know, Patriots ain't getting the Reebok deal before the actual champion in the division does. Kind of a head-scratcher. Um, her getting a Reebok deal before other women within the UFC, period, who actually have multiple wins and the UFC getting a deal is, is kind of a head-scratcher. So I really hopefully, for Lee Herring's sake, she stops the hype train ends it, puts it to a dead end, because it, it's annoying to me. It's really annoying to me. You know, Paige Van Zandt could be the Anna Kornikova of MMA. You know, very good looking, but never wins a major title. I mean, and, and that's really what we're looking at. Uh, she will more than likely be that for MMA. Uh, I, granted, she's still young, and she can grow and get better as a fighter, but I just don't see it. I don't see anything about her that makes me say that she's going to be a future UFC world champion. World champion in a smaller organization? Sure, why not? UFC ain't, ain't happening. Ain't happening. It's too stiff of a competition there. Um, those, those, girls, those girls are ready to bang and ready to tear her head off just because of the hype she has behind her. When you have someone, you're facing someone who, who already doesn't like you because of the position you're in, because of your looks, those other girls are going to try to rip her face apart in these fights. So uh, good luck to Felice Herring. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope Felice Herring uh, goes out and destroys her. And I'm supposed to be biased as media, but it just is what it is. When I see something that just isn't right, I, I got to speak on it, you know, and I really hope that, that Felice puts an end to it and, and maybe those those sponsorship dollars go towards her. I'm um, someone who's actually fought and established himself as a fighter or goes to the actual champion there in the strawweight division. How about that? that that's maybe a, 
an interesting route to go. You know, show some love to the champion. But, hey, what do I know? I'm just a lonely blogger who does a radio show. Go figure. Uh, but, you know, there's that. Um, also on the main card, uh, you're going to get Cub Swanson versus Max Holloway. Max Holloway, Cub Swanson is going to be the fight of the night. There is no way that that, can't, that fight will suck. Um, if, it personally, if it sucks, I will personally go on air next week and I will apologize. But Swanson Holloway will be the fight of the night. It will be an absolute entertaining scrap there in the featherweight division. Uh, both of those guys can just flat out bring it. And I don't see that anyway, like I said, anyway, that, well, that fight sucks. So the main card of Fox is actually pretty solid. Uh, you got Machida Rockhold, your main event. Souza Kamosi is your uh, co-feature. Swanson Holloway and then Herring, Paige Van Zandt. That's just the four fights you get on, on the quote-unquote main card. Preliminary cards, you got Jim Miller versus Vanelli uh, Durish. Der, Whatever. Uh, OSP versus Patrick Cummings. And I think that's going to be a sleeper fight. I, I'm really interested to see how that one uh, plays out uh, after my interview last week with uh, OSP. Uh, we got Corey Anderson versus uh, Gil Valente. Um, we also have some bantamweights and uh, Taki Makazaki uh, versus Aljamain Sterling. Uh, preliminary uh, portion of the card that will air on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, George Su- uh, Sullivan versus Tim Means. Diego Brandau versus Jimmy Hates. Wow, Brandau has really fallen off the map. Uh, and then Eddie Gordon versus Chris Dempsey. Uh, that's going to be the fight that actually starts off the night there on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, like I said, the OSP Patrick Cummings fight is going to be fun. Uh, Jim Miller's always a guy who also also brings it. Um, but yeah, as far as the rest of the fights go, get for the main card. Like I said, I like Rockhold. I like Souza. Uh, already picking for this hearing. You know, the Swanson-Holloway fight is so tough to call. Um, my heart really wants to go with Cup Swanson here, but I think Holloway's just really, you know, Holloway's kind of got a chip on his shoulder after the whole um, whole fight with um, Conor McGregor, and he just just doesn't, hasn't felt right since then, and I, I think he really wants redemption there. Uh, you know, for Cup Swanson, it's going to be his first fight since he lost to Frankie Edgar here in November. You know, that, that ended his nice five-five one streak he had going where he was, the, uh, you know, knocking guys out and beating guys up. You know, I, I'm i going to go with Cub here, uh, Cub for the win. But I, I like I'm saying, Swanson Holloway will be the fight of the night there um, in UFC Newark. Now, let's close out the show. And I've actually rolled on, like, we're only doing an hour long today. It's crazy. Um, last weekend we had uh, Mirko Krokop, making his return to the UFC. Uh, Mirko made his return over in Poland against Gabriel Gonzaga. It was a rematch of the fight they had years ago uh, when really Gabriel Gonzaga helped make his impact uh, in the UFC uh, with the famous head kick where he damn near bent uh, Krokop's neck at a weird angle. So we had that fight that went down uh, there for uh, there in Poland, there on UFC Fight Pass. Um I can't say there was anything that I thought was surprising. Um, you know, Krokop, I, I don't know, man. I, I know people are wanting to kind of say Krokop's back. Krokop's not back. Um, he struggled in time zone there with Gabriel Gonzaga. Um, you know, Gabriel Gonzaga is another guy who's kind of had been up and down the last two years. So, I don't know what you exactly do with him here, from here, what you expect out of him from here. You know, that's where things are kind of going to get a little bit a little bit strange. Uh, they always do need heavyweights there in the UFC. That's something that will never change. Uh, they're always going to need heavyweight talent because it's just not, it's not deep enough there for them, for them to have, you know, the guys they have. So, you know, that way put Mirko Krokop in the top 15 there within the UFC. I don't know. I, I just don't see at this point in this stage in Krokop's career that he can legitimately beat many, if anybody, within the top ten right now. Um, Cain Velasquez, Fraser Verdum, no. J, uh, JDS, Travis Brown, no. Stipe uh, uh, Miotic, Mark Hunt, you know, him, you know, I will say this. Krokop, Mark Hunt would be fun. 
Uh, and I know CLP wouldn't fight him because he actually helped him train uh, for this fight here with uh, Gabriel Gonzaga. So I highly doubt we would see that fight happening. And, uh, with him both being of Croatian descent, uh, I, I doubt we see that one happening. But the Mark Hunt Pro Cup fight could be fun. Uh, it could be extremely violent uh, as well. I think you would see striking at its, um, not at its best, but you would see striking definitely going down there. And that would be a fun, fun fight and kind of a re- replay of the Pride days. So that fight can make sense. You know, Mark Hunt, he is ranked currently number five there in the UFC. So, okay, that could be somewhat of a winnable fight. But, you know, we also know if Mark Hunt catches you, you're going to sleep. So, all right, maybe he could be Mark Hunt. Josh Barnett, Andre Olovsky, probably not. Uh, Alistair Overeem, Ben Rockwell, no. And those are guys at 8 and 9. Frank Mir at 10. It depends on what Frank Mir we get. Uh, Roy Nelson, Antonio Bigfoot Silva, Matt Nutrion, Stefan Struve. That's around the remaining portion of the top 15. Uh, you beat one of those guys, then you'd be looking at still fighting someone in the top 10, which you're really not going to probably beat, maybe besides Mark Hunt. So, I mean, I don't know what they do with him from here. There are fun fights they can make, fights that, that you know, sound interesting on paper. A fight with him and Andre Olofsky could be fun. A fight with him and Josh Barnett. A fight with him and Mark Hunt. A fight with him and uh, uh, Big Nog. Big Nog Antonio uh, Noguero could be fun. But I don't know how much of those are winnable fights. I don't know how much, if you want to just pray him out there to get crushed. Um, so... And if he wants to do that, but at age 37, you got to kind of wonder how much tread is left on those tires, how much he really wants to do that, how much he really wants to do this. So I'm, I'm not 100% sold on him being back, being anywhere in the the stratosphere of being a back or anything like that. So um, I, I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with Mirko, but I was, I was not really impressed to where I'm going to say, you know, Krokop is back. Krokop is a force there in the uh, heavyweight division by no means. Another person who kind of got taken down a notch um, there last weekend in Poland was uh, Joanne Kim- uh, Kunderwood. Or K- uh, um, you know, she was talking during fight week about, you know, possibly getting a title shot and fighting over in her homeland, uh, the strawweight division, and completely overlooked her opponent in a, uh, Maria Marzo, um, and then getting submitted in the first round. Now, you know, she says she has some things on her mind going into the fight that happened the night before the fight, you know, whatever. That that's, That is what it is. She didn't want to use that excuse, but if you bring it up, you obviously want people to feel a certain way about it. Uh, but this, this is one of those things that when a second I saw during the fight week, she was talking about, uh, you know, fighting Jin Jin Shek uh, for a title shot and even, you know, doing doing it over there. Uh, in in Poland or you know somewhere over in the UK or in in Eastern Europe and, and making a fight. The second I heard her talking about that kind of stuff, I was like, she's gonna lose. And sure enough, she lost. That's an armbar uh, loss. So gotta be careful, fighters. When don't start talking about other fights during fight week before they happen. Now this is actually Joanna's first loss of her career. This is the first time she's tasted defeat uh, really since. Uh, well, she did lose during the Ultimate Fighter, so if you want to count that. But the first loss, professional loss in MMA, uh, she's had, and this is in her 10 fights. So she's now 9-1, and one, really definitely kind of taking a step back uh, for her and going to now have to see, you know, where things go from here, how she resets and refocuses. But uh, now she's back uh, to having to climb her way back up there in that strawweight division, which is really, it's, it's a lot deeper than what I think people really think it is. Uh, you know, uh, she's still ranked above uh, her opponent uh, who did beat her, but I, I don't see that lasting much longer. Uh, well, you know, with Felice Herring fighting here soon, uh, you know, this weekend against Patriot Zant, who they have at 12, that's a joke. Uh, you got other, you know, um, Tish Torres will be fighting here in a couple, in a, you know, some time. Uh, Rosemont and Eunice, Jessica Penny, all these, all these things will be fighting against where that's going to have some shifting there, so... Uh, we'll see, man. Interesting division in the strawweight. A lot deeper, a lot thicker than what people think. And then there's also them eyeing some of the fighters, uh, part of Invicta FC, that they're looking to bring over. So uh, we shall see. We shall see. But um, uh, speaking of UFC, we have that. Uh, excuse me, Invicta. Invicta will be on UFC Fight Pass next week. We'll be previewing Invicta 
uh, card here next weekend that goes down. Let's hope I haven't heard anything back yet, but let's hope I'm actually going to go cover that. Um, no word back from Invicta in regards to that. Don't know when they're going to notify me and let me know, but we shall see. So if I get work and I'll be covering the fight, we'll obviously be talking about that a lot more. We'll have uh, hopefully fighter interviews and some things while I'm there at Invicta FC next week, but we shall uh, see. We'll cross our fingers and, and see what happens. Uh, so we have that. I will also talk about here UFC 186 that goes down. I do want to uh, read a quote uh, from Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson in an interview he did uh, with Sheardog um, in regards to people uh, pretty much downing the, uh, the, the fight being on pay-per-view and, and how the card is pretty much UFC 186 went to shit. So here's his, here's his um, a, a quote from him. I've gone through trying to push myself onto people when it comes to sales. I've been in retail market before. I'm not telling mixed martial arts as arts like it's retail, but my job is to go out and perform at the highest level of mixed martial arts, keep on winning, and keep my belt. What I plan to do on April 25th, and if people don't want to tune in, that's their fucking bad. I'm going out there. I'm. They're going to miss a kick-ass fight between me and Kojidi, uh, Kojidi, uh Huchigarich or Huchigarichi, how do you enunciate it? So that's his quote. He's pretty much saying, you know what, you don't want to watch the fight, screw you. And that's pretty much, that's the appropriate angle for him to take. He can't get fed up in that because the card falling apart, the card being what it is, has nothing to do with him whatsoever. Zero. You can't blame him for any of that. Um, You know, he's trying to be a company guy and be a part of the card and move some things around it and do some things. And be, you know, it was going to be, you know, a, a co-feature on there. Now he got pushed into the main event after some injuries happened. You know, all of this that happened isn't his fault. Uh, so you can't blame him at all. They shouldn't uh, point any fingers towards him. Uh, people shouldn't down him. And I, I've said now for a couple of weeks after all this has kind of trickled down and happened is I feel worse for the fighters a part of the card because they're not going to get the proper credit and shine they deserve. A lot of people aren't going to watch the fight because of, how the, fight, how the fight card is falling apart. No, this isn't a $60 fight card. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to down them in any way, shape, or form. UFC has to make their money, but I'm sorry. Uh, there is no way in the world I'm dropping $60 for this pay-per-view. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, the, the fighters are still going to fight. We'll guess people still show up there uh, in um, Montreal at the Bell Center to watch the fight. But, you know, it, it's, it's, not, it's not what people want to see. And you know, the fighters still got to go out and fight. I wish them the best of luck, and we'll talk more about the, the fight card next week. But, you know, he's taking the appropriate stance. You know, he can't get all tied up in that. And I know next week during fight week, he's going to get asked a lot of these same questions uh, in regards to the card and people not wanting to watch it. If he's fearful of people, um, you know, if it'll be one of the lowest pay for use, he'll get asked those questions next week. And, and I think he's taking the appropriate high road about it. You know, screw them. If they don't want to watch it, they don't want to watch it. So, I respect my, uh, Mighty Mouse Johnson for saying that, but it, it, it just is what it is. The, the card is not good. It's not $60 worthy. So uh, we shall see. The, the numbers for this card will be highly interesting uh, once they come out in the weeks following the card. I, and I mean highly interesting. So uh, we'll talk about that here next week. Uh, we'll see if we can get on the show next week. You know, it's been a long, long week here for me as far as the schedule goes. So sorry, no. No guests on this this week's show, and even a shorter show than normal this week. Just not a hundred percent feeling right now. So we'll get back in the ball and get rolling here next week's Punch and Face Radio. Uh, that'll be next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, make sure that you again go to BadCulture.net uh, and check us out on iTunes at Bad Culture Radio. Uh, you can actually find all of the previous podcasts there, and you can find them there for free. Uh, so next week, like I said, we'll talk uh, UFC 186 and Invicta. Uh, Also all going down next weekend. So until then, be safe, be blessed, and I am out.